Yeah. We out of here. The dash is digi, the schedule busy, my head in a hoodie, my shorty a goodie, my cousins are crazy, my cousins like boogie. Life is amazing, it is what it should be. Been here for 10, but I How's it going today, guys? Once again, I'm back here live in the studio. Another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday. It is September 18th. And I think I want to start today's podcast out. You know, I was going to start with college football, but I decided to change my mind here. And I'm going to start with the NFL. Um, we had some terrible news today. Falcons left guard Andy Levitri is out for the rest of the season. Um, that hurts to see another Falcon go to the IR. We've now seen Debo, Deion Jones, but he's projected to come back around week 10 or so, which will be a huge shot in the arm to our defense, getting probably the best coverage linebacker in the league back. Promise you all, if he was in there this week, Cam Newton would not have been able to run around the way he did on third and fourth down and extend plays with his legs. Debo would have come right back up and popped him, knocked him out just like he did his rookie season back in 2016 where he came up and knocked Cam Newton out of that game. That was the game Julio had 300 yards receiving against the Panthers where he absolutely owned their secondary. But Debo makes plays like that all over the field, guys. You know for a fact Debo would have made one right there. No doubt about it. But, you know, I'm really proud of the Falcons for getting this win this win the way we did, especially losing Keanu O'Neal and having Casey putting the big hit on Cam Newton. You know, I was at the game. That sucked. It is what it is, though. I think he deserves to be kicked out. Um, it, it pissed me off at first. I really thought that was going to play a big part in the game, but our defense played pretty well. It was really when Tack went down with the growing that we really started to suffer and saw the Panthers move the field on us quick. But guys, I really like the way the Falcons played. MVP Matt Ryan was back to me. Um, I just I just love the way we move the ball. You know, nobody ever, everybody says Matt Ryan's unathletic. He can't move. He had four rushes for 18 yards, two touchdowns, and hit the truck stick on one of them. I mean, it's better than Cam Newton did in the game. He might have had five rushes, 42 yards, but I don't see any touchdowns on their cam did have a good game through the air but I mean our secondary is so depleted true font's kind of a shell of what he used to be I thought he played well though in this game but I've definitely seen better play out of him before and for as depleted as our team is in some of the most key positions on defense we did a really good job especially when tack went out for the rest of the game so I mean we were not healthy at all the injuries are just piling piling up for the Falcons the Saints have not impressed me so far I don't think they figured it out yet so I'm really hoping that we can get it rolling on offense again I think we will I mean they can't defend the pass. I look for Matt Ryan to throw over 300, 400 yards. Um, they haven't come out with a player prop yet for what his over-under is in passing yards. Guarantee you he busts that up real quick. Um, Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith both did a great job carrying the rock for us. Tevin, you know, he's really good outside the numbers, and I thought we did a great job getting him out there. In general, Sarkeesian called a great game. You know, you haven't heard any of those Sarkeesian haters saying anything about him this week. I thought he finally silenced them. What did I tell you guys? I told y'all, don't be that negative Falcons fan. Have faith in our team. Yeah, we have people down, but we have that next man up mentality. I promise you, we are going to rally around and pull this out. I have firm belief in the Falcons that we will pull this win off on Sunday and beat the Bengals as well in back-to-back weeks. I think we're going to get rolling no matter what these injuries are. We can overcome them at Pittsburgh. I think this football team's troubled. I don't think they'll get back on track yet. So I think the Falcons can weather the storm and get through it. But the next thing I want to talk about is Pittsburgh. Big news coming out today with Antonio Brown missing practice. You know, they just have the big loss. I think he's kind of pouting also about Juju getting a little more attention than him. Juju's been balling out of his mind. Told y'all great pickup in fantasy for Juju. Big Ben's been going to him, but I think this all comes on Mike Tomlin. I think he's lost the locker room. I think they're falling apart, quite frankly, and if he doesn't turn this around, he could. it could be his job potentially now. Mike Tomlin, to me, is one of the better coaches. I heard today he's, he's the only coach who's been more successful than him in his time in Pittsburgh is, guess, y'all bet you can't guess it, 
uh, Bill Belichick, obvious. I mean, Bill Belichick, he's probably the most winning coach in NFL history. I guarantee you he's up there in the top three, no doubt about it. Him and the Patriots dominate. But the Steelers are struggling right now, guys. I think at Tampa Bay is going to be a tough game, but I feel like it's a game they'll figure out. I really look for Fitzpatrick to get kind of more so exposed. Now, Fitzpatrick, he's a good quarterback. I've always thought he's a good quarterback. I always liked his game. He's obviously a really smart guy from Harvard. I think he's a great backup to have in there. And I honestly think, though, once you kind of have standards for how Fitzpatrick plays, that's really when that Jameis is kind of, you know, overlooked. And you're just like, what are we doing here, guys? Like, it's I feel like when you have when you have standards for him, he can't live up to what Jameis is and he'll get replaced. And that's when it'll happen is one of those first weeks that he comes back in. But I really think here that we'll see the Steelers rally around, pull this game out. I don't know how Fitzpatrick will fall off or not yet, but I think it'll be a good game. And then they play they play at home versus the Ravens on Sunday night. I look for the Ravens to, and you know they could start like they could really start five and zero. There, the Ravens are a really good team, guys. They're thirsty. I think the Ravens could end up taking this division and it could fall out of Mike Tomlin's hands here. And then they play the Falcons week five, and you just look down at the schedule. You're like, what are we doing here, Pittsburgh? They got to pull it out quick and turn things around here. I think they will though. Now I know, guys. Like I've been saying, Mike Tomlin will lose his job if they can't turn this around. But this team is way too talented not to, and they seem to have in the past. I bet they get bounced early in the playoffs, but at least they can get there. But I have a really high outlook for them for the rest of the season. I think they'll figure it out, guys. Mike Tomlin will rally this team. Um, Next, let's talk about, obviously, the next biggest storyline coming out on Monday here, and that is Josh Gordon getting traded in the Patriots for a fifth-round pick. Obviously, Browns, big losers in this trade. You can say, yeah, they tried to wait for Josh Gordon to come back and come back and come back, but I feel like you should have traded him years ago when you could have got more for him. Now, just to give him up for a fifth-round pick, yeah, you would have at least got nothing for him, but still, I feel like you can squeeze a little something better here if you're the Browns, but Josh Gordon, guys, I mean, you hate to see it for him. This is a guy who was an absolute beast. He played in 12 games in 24 or in 2012, I believe it was. He played in tw- he played in 12 of 16 games, and in one of the games, he like got hurt or something like that. It was something ridiculous. So he pretty much put in 11 games, guys. He led the NFL in passing yards, and he had nobody throwing the ball to him. So Josh Gordon is a freak. I think he could be like the next Randy Moss coming back to New England, and I honestly think he's going to work. Everyone keeps saying he won't, but Josh Gordon's a big time baller, especially in there with Brady. You know that's why the Patriots are the best team. Everybody, everybody says the Patriots are good. Oh, they're the Patriots. They're just automatically good. They're not automatically good. They're good because they know what they have to do to get better, and that's what they did. They After they lost on Sunday to Jacksonville, they knew, all right, guys, Jacksonville runs this division. We can't compete with Jacksonville. So literally the Patriots were like, we have to go out and get better, and they saw Josh Gordon as an opportunity to go out and get better, and that's what they did by bringing him in. I think this team gets better. I think it works out, and I think the Patriots continue to win games this season, and I think they turn things around. I feel like this is the biggest boost that they need in their offense, and I look for him just to get them going. Josh Gordon can absolutely take a game over. You get the ball in his hands. He's dynamic. He's fast. They call him, call him Flash for no reason. I look for Josh Gordon to cha- turn things around big time here for the Patriots. Um, probably the next biggest storyline coming off this is, are the Jags the best team in the AFC? No, it's still New England, guys. I think it was just kind of weather and circumstances and stuff. Let's put it this way. Belichick in December and January, February, he doesn't lose to Jacksonville. He doesn't let Blake Bortles beat him. The Patriots defense gets better as the season goes on, and that's what I expect to happen for this defense is that they get better as the season goes on, guys. So I still have New England as the top dog in the AFC, and I'll look for Jacksonville. I know I said I didn't think they'd make the playoffs, but Bortles has obviously exceeded my standard 
standards and expectations for him. I see Jacksonville making the playoffs. The Titans, to me, look like the team now. The Titans and the Texans both kind of look like they won't make the playoffs this year. Both teams are struggling. Deshaun Watson needs to turn around, but I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow with yardage locks. I'm excited for that one. So y'all be ready for all that. we got tons of good stuff coming for y'all tomorrow. But... Now we'll talk about who's going who's gonna to um, sustain their production more likely. Is it Pat Mahomes, Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, like I said, guys, once you have standards for Ryan Fitzpatrick, that's when he starts to struggle and not play up to his standards. And that's when you kind of like, all right, this guy's not what we thought he was. So I look for that to kind of be the driving force that sends Ryan Fitzpatrick to the bench for Jameis probably around week seven or so. Or, I mean, even if he struggles this week, you could see be seeing Jameis back in there and the Bucks trailing. I caught it. It was kind of funny how Deshaun Jackson endorsed him. I mean, Deshaun's played better with Fitzpatrick. I would do the same thing too if I'm Deshaun it's better for your brand but I think Pat Mahomes can sustain it obviously I think there will be a couple games where we look see Pat Mahomes throw a lot of interceptions I also think there will be plenty of games where we see him throw a lot of touchdowns like he did throwing six on Sunday having 10 already 10 and zero interceptions he's one of the greatest starts to a career in NFL history if you ask me but I look for Pat Mahomes to keep playing really well and to honestly be in the MVP conversation I think he's ahead of what we what we thought he can be and I think he's going to be a superstar in this league he could honestly like this is a crazy hot take here guys but Pat Mahomes could probably be the best quarterback of all time if he keeps playing like this I mean obviously his production is going to go up and down and stuff, but guys, Pat Mahomes can sling the ball. If he stays accurate and stays playing smart with his gunslinger mentality, I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy, especially with Andy Reid, an offensive guru. This is kind of the best offensive situation now. Don't get me wrong. I think it does. I mean, like any quarterback with the talent and skill level that Pat Mahomes has paired with Andy Reid is really good. But let's be honest, guys. I've always said every player is a system player. If you're in the right offense with the right player, it's going to it's going to go volumes and volumes ahead. Andy Reid finally has his quarterback. I look for Andy Reid to keep coaching for a long time in this marriage to be good between him and Mahomes. But, you know, it's, it's going to be a crazy race out there in the AFC. The NFL is fun to watch this year, guys. I mean... Something that wasn't fun to watch was the Packers-Vikings play when Kirk Cousins was sacked and threw the interception. Then they came back down the field and won, by the way, guys. Stephon Diggs, number three receiver right now in fantasy. What did I tell y'all? He's going to be top five this season, Stephon Diggs. I told y'all, I got you guys. Got to get on Diggs. But... As I said earlier, that call was atrocious. I mean, I feel like you got to let these players play these pass rushers rush and hit the quarterbacks. I mean, I understand everything, but Packers fans can't get mad. I know everybody's made the point that it's kind of their reason for Aaron Rodgers, them having the rule, but I agree here, guys. You can't really be mad about it if you're Green Bay. I hate the rule. I really hate that. It was a great play, great tackle on Cousins, but these Vikings are good, man. That defense is really good. This is a really good team. It's going to be a really tight NFC. NFC race this season. So I'll get in more into that tomorrow at the Yardage Locks. Kind of just want to recap this week and give you all my thoughts on everything that happened this week. Um, I think now moving forward to college football, I'm going to start here with Florida State that unless we get play out of our offensive line, it's going to be more of the same, you know, like we could not block at all. Every single play DeAndre was bracing for impact because he thought he was going to get hit big. We couldn't run the ball because we couldn't block. You know, we had one first down to the last drive of the first half. It was miserable to watch guys. And, you know, the worst part about it was the fact our defense played well, but they played undisciplined on that opening or the second Syracuse drive. Syracuse drove down the field and got held to a field goal. But we jumped off sides on third and five. And then we had a late hit out of bounds on what would have been fourth and nine. I mean, it was just so stupid, guys. We played so undisciplined, but 
there's no way we could play worse than we have, honestly. I look for the offensive line to somehow get motivated us bounce back this week against NIU and look, we'll be 2-2, two and two, which is a lot better than we could be. The schedule gets a lot harder from there for the Knowles, and I think that if they don't figure anything out on the offensive line, that it's going to get bad quick, but I really do think we'll figure something out. We play at Louisville, at Miami. You know, right now, those don't really feel like winnable games, but if we can get the offensive line rolling, they can become winnable games very, very fast. Then we play um, versus Wake Forest. That's at home. I think we could pull that off. Clemson's going to absolutely annihilate us. I hate to say it, guys. At NC State, at Notre Dame, don't think those are winning bowl games either. Boston College at home, I don't know about that one. Then Florida at home, we could win. You know, guys, we could be looking at three or four wins this season right now for Florida State. But... I'm going to be hopeful here. Our offensive line pulls it around, pulls it out. We turn it around, and we go 6-6 six and six this season, guys. I mean, the ACC is low-key stacked. Nobody gives the conference credit. NC State, Boston College are both very good teams. Miami, they're a little bit overrated, but they're still good guys. I mean, Louisville can put a lot of t- points up. Bobby Petrino is an excellent coach. I mean, you can't sleep on what he does in offense. Absolute guru, but... I hate to say it, guys, but the season's not looking too promising. But if this offensive line could turn around, you could hear a lot, lot more positivity from my end. And I'm all about staying positive about this team. I, I can't give up on Coach Taggart yet. He can't do anything about them not blocking. You know, it's not his fault. Um, my best five teams from college football. So I think it has come pretty evident here, guys, that there's about five, six, maybe six teams that can win the national championship. I'm going more so with five here, and I'll actually give them to you guys in order. So at number one, I have the Alabama Crimson Tide. Tua is the best quarterback this team's ever had. I actually think this is the best team that Alabama has ever had under Nick Saban because of how good Tua is. You can put any of those five-star running backs in there and run on teams. Alabama bullies teams up front, and Tua drops absolute dimes. This team is extremely talented. Their secondary stepped up, and they absolutely made a statement like I said they would against Ole Miss. They stomped them into the ground 62-7. to They missed the uh, over by one point. It was at 60. Unless you got it at 69, it was at 70. I saw a lot of people complaining about it in a lot of books and stuff. It went up to 70 and 71. A lot of people miss it. I personally didn't write it. But as I told y'all, Alabama was a big-time lock this week. Um, I'll recap picks for y'all at the end. Um, Georgia, they are 3-0 as well. I have them at number two. I just think this Georgia offense, guys, is really, really good. The way they um, move the ball up and down the field, they pretty much just bully you with the offensive line, switch out runners. I think they make good good uh, passing decisions with Fromm. I think he's the ultimate game manager. I like Alabama to beat them. Yes, I know a lot of people are like, oh, of course you like Alabama over Georgia. It's so obvious. I mean, yeah, I like Alabama over Georgia, guys. They have a much better quarterback, equally as good run game. They're pretty much equally as good of Georgia everywhere, but have a better quarterback. And quarterback makes a huge difference if you have a big advantage there. And I'd say two is a big advantage over from. Um, number three, I have Clemson. I like how they made the switch. Trevor Lawrence in there at quarterback. He was 12 of 19 for 194 yards. He had a touchdown, did have an interception. He had two carries for 13 yards, guys, but I really liked everything he did. I saw him coming and drop some dimes, throw some nice touchdown passes. I thought he really energized the offense. Uh, I thought, like I've always said about Kelly Bryant, I think he's good. I think he's not great, but I feel like if Clemson keeps Lawrence in there and he keeps playing well, this team's going to get really, really good, guys. Um, I actually have Clemson as one of my locks this week. I would hammer it if I were you guys, minus 17 against Georgia Tech. They averaged 17 points actually as in the series against Georgia Tech. It's actually at minus 16 and a half now. So I like Clemson, guys. I would hammer that. I don't see any way Georgia Tech's going to stop them defensively and offensively. I don't see any way Georgia Tech's going to gain any yardage against the stacked Clemson D-line. I look for them to dominate the game up front, give Clemson the big-time push. Um, at number 
four. I actually have Oklahoma, and I have Kyler Murray right now as my Heisman Trophy winner. So I'm really high on this junior QB. Um, he's 5'10", he's a little small. That's why he's going to go play baseball the first round pick of the A's. This kid is an absolute beast. We're going to see him win Heisman Trophy, then walk to go play baseball in the MLB and be a big-time shortstop in the MLB. I think I might buy an A's Kyler Murray jersey once he determines what number he's going to be. This kid's a beast, guys. He's already got 80, era, 863 yards passing, eight touchdowns, one interception. He was all over Iowa State on Saturday. He was 21 of 29, passing three touchdowns ran for 77 yards too he's ran for 69 the week before in 23 against Florida and Atlantic he's shifty he can move I just love how dynamic he is I think he's one of, I think Oklahoma literally did might have upgraded at quarterback he transferred in from when that he was at uh, at uh, Texas A&M his freshman year but I mean Oklahoma might have got better at quarterback that's how good this kid is and he's only going to keep making him better and better they got some beasts on the edge with CeeDee Lamb and Marquise Brown both those guys are probably two of the best receivers in the nation's potential first round picks in the NFL draft, but I love the potential this Oklahoma team has and what they can do in the future this season. It's going to be fun to watch, guys. Number five of Ohio State, Dwayne Haskins is a beast. It's literally absurd, though, that he's favored over my guy Kyler Murray to win the Heisman Trophy. It's ridiculous. It's disrespectful. But Ohio State's really good offensively and defensively. They just got back Urban Meyer. They're really fast. I look for them to play with a chip on their shoulder and actually win the Big Ten. I know I picked Penn State earlier this season, but I'm sorry, Penn State. I'm going to have to leave you all out here. My roommate would be a little disappointed. He's a big Penn State guy, but... I, I like Penn State, though. I actually have them in here at number six. I have LSU as my number seven currently. I think both those teams are pretty good. I just think LSU's offense isn't that great and will fail them eventually, and they'll get upset. Look for Georgia to go in there and beat them, actually. Uh, here's a little stat for you all in the Big Ten. The Big Ten lost seven non-conference games on Saturday um, to unranked teams. It's the first time that's happened since the AP poll started in 1936. I mean, the Big Ten's not very good this year, guys. Let's be honest. They're just going to keep on beating up on themselves the top heavy teams will beat all the below average teams and the below the belt teams and then they'll just kind of you know stay the the way it is but I really I really think it's the races between these six seven teams I don't really see Penn State or LSU they being able to I think they're two kind of mortal teams they're not these big time like godlike teams they're like you know what I mean the superpowers they're not the superpower teams are too they're too mortal they're too just pedestrian they can't beat up on these teams so I really look for them to get knocked out but this Heisman race guys I have said I got Kyler Murray winning that so far so we'll look out for that. But I got yardage locks coming on the podcast with me tomorrow. Lots of good stuff coming to y'all. So get ready for that. Get hyped up. But let's go over picks here for this week, how we did, how we did. I'm pulling up right now. So so we went five and three this week on college football, making us up or making us 21.5 and 11.5 and two on the season picking games. We're up a good bit of units right now, guys. Had big NFL bets. I'll get to my NFL, um, how we're doing there here in a second. But for college football, we were Wake Forest plus six. That missed by one point. We had Ohio State minus 13, missed by one point. Alabama minus 21, that's a hit. Fresno State plus one, that's a hit. Missouri minus seven, that's an L. Missouri, oh, guys, they ruined so many parlays. They hurt us bad this week. But, you know, Missouri, it is what it is, guys. Y'all are going to get whopped by Georgia this week. I'm, I'm going to give you all that as a lock later on in the week. DGA minus 31 and a half, that hit. USF minus 10, that missed. That was 
actually a struggle game for them too. And Illinois had the AJ Bush out. So, I mean, that was, that was weird to see there. Miami minus 10, like I told y'all, is the biggest steal of the week. I mean, in fact, they were at a max school minus 10 on the road. Come on now, Vegas. Then Minnesota minus 13, 3 0 against the spread this year with Minnesota. Probably not going to ride them this week. Probably going to avoid them, but we've been solid with them so far. Uh, on NFL picks, we went. Two and two on the week, and total of nine, six, and one for the season. So, not bad. Patriots minus one missed. Eagles. Uh, minus three miss Vegas definitely knew something on both those then Dolphins plus three that's a hit Kansas Kansas City plus five hit as well then actually last on a Monday night so like I told y'all hammered bear bears minus four under 44 both absolute locks both of them hit so I mean adding that in there we're now 11 at six and nine on NFL picks that's we're on fire guys let's keep keep betting with me right now guys I'm feeling pretty good about my picks got lots of good ones coming for y'all this weekend but appreciate y'all tuning into this podcast podcast like i said yardage locks coming in hot tomorrow gonna be some good stuff coming y'all's way so make sure to tune into that follow me on twitter at hot chicks with tp3 interact with me get at me i'm giving a giveaway right now on twitter so go look at that but till then i'll see you guys got a mercedes your money records the army the navy it ran me ten thousand i threw it like brady the foreign is yellow like tracy and katie i trusted my niggas they never betray me